How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Sporting Goss with Tim Gossage. Uh, welcome everyone, 22 degrees, still plenty of blue sky. We do have some weather coming a little later, so we will be getting rain this afternoon. So if you've got washing or you're mowing the lawn or whatever you need to do, get it done now as we enjoy this warm weather. Tomorrow, 18 and rain and lots of rain. 15 mils of rain. Yeah, I know. It's going to come out of the sky. 15 mils of rain. Friday, preliminary final day, shower or two and 19 degrees not a lot of rain, but we do about 70% chance I'll be a little bit damp underfoot. Massive show. I'd like to tell you what we've got on the show, but I don't have a rundown. Hello, Chris Griffins. Oh, whoops daisies Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> hey. Producer to the stars who, at some days, just doesn't do the bread and butter. I, I, I call you my Jack Darling. <laughs> you can do backflips. You can kick goals out of your backside. You can take mark of the year. You can do the incredible, and you're a super player. But I just want you to do the bread and butter first. Every now and then I'll drop an uncontested. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. What do you got for us in this show that I don't know anything about? Hamish Brayshaw yes. coming up. Looking forward to the chat with him, of Hammer course. Time. We, uh, well, you guys spoke, you and Gilly spoke with his brother Angus. Yes. That will be our Friday focus <laughs> on Gilly and Goss. So. <laughs> Uh, a couple of choice words between the two brothers as well. So I'm yes. sure we'll put it uh, to Hamish yes, a bit this of a, morning. A taught. Uh, soon, though, Brad Green. Greeny. He's going to join the show. Melbourne, you just mentioned the prelim final. It's all go with the Ds. Attendees. Did you hear this, what they're trying to do? No. Wear a Melbourne badge mm-hmm. and you're representing someone who is a Melbourne supporter. So you wear a badge, right, and you uh, flash the badge. So you hashtag flash the badge. Yeah. And you wear the badge. You take a social media shot of yourself at the footy. And you're representing a Melbourne supporter who can't be at the game. I think it's That's wonderful. Good. That's really good. well done. Really good by them. They're doing great work other yeah. days. Yeah. Really enjoying what they're putting yeah. out there. Simon Hill, Socceroos last night, one yep. nil win. I didn't watch it. Um, I was getting knots out of the dog. Sure. So I was brushing the dog outside. Yeah. I, I almost came in and watched it, but then I found out they were playing Vietnam. Vietnam. Yeah. Didn't Look, really excite me. It wasn't the most thrilling game. Okay. It was a bit of a struggle for the soccer. But a win is a win, mate. A win is a win. One away nil. from home. Yep. It's a great result, really. And that's 10 consecutive yep. Yep. World Cup qualifying yep. wins yep. for the Socceroos. When are we going to play someone decent? Uh, it's a good question. I'm not too sure what the rest of our fixtures look like. But Vietnam, are no, they're no pushovers, okay? They, they have... Caused an upset on occasion. Oh, I heard a conversation between the two round ball nuffies that walk around this building, apart from yourself, mm-hmm. uh, Declan Kelly from the Tab Touch Lounge and Peter Wahos, right? Boyder. And uh, they were talking about, we're going, and I said, gee, you know, one of the countries that's fallen off the uh, map at the moment is Iceland. I'm going, Iceland? We're talking Iceland of being a powerhouse <laughs> of football. That's I, a big call I, by them. Have I missed something? Uh, Iceland were big at the last World Cup, I think it was. Big? With what does the, that mean? The Viking clap. Everyone got around yeah, it because yeah. they were doing the... So what? Boof, boof, so and what? they caused a couple of upsets, looked pretty good on the ball. They got some decent players. Yeah? Yeah. Give me a couple. <laughs> Yuffie Sigurdsson, I think, is uh, from Iceland. No, he's not. Sigurdsson? Is he not from Iceland? No. He's, if, or is he Danish? He sounds Danish. sounds Swedish. sounds Denmarkish. Oh, Iceland football players. 
<laughs> He's googling Iceland. He'll be, you'll be right because you're, you're the guru. No, I feel like I'm, I'm probably off. Thank you. Here we go. Yuffie Sigurdsson, right up there, baby. Here we go. No, I was right. You're right. Okay, here we go. So this is them doing the, the Viking clap, yeah? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Don't, don't. Just pause it. I'm hitting the tape. Oh, no. Getting excited. Here we go. Wow. This is the type of stop type of stuff West Coast need or Fremantle need at their games. Well, they've been implementing it at some NRL games uh, this season, um, one of the clubs. So the Eagles have the stand up and join the huddle. Yeah. It hasn't taken off. No. Because Eagles fans don't stand up. No, they don't. <laughs> Unless they're going to go get a coffee at half time <laughs> or a glass of champagne. <laughs> champagne. I love them. Don't get me wrong. Right. Don't, don't start messaging. Oh, I can see them rolling oh, through already. You're confident. Fremantle fans are lining up because you'd see, I said yesterday that all of a sudden Fremantle are getting some good people at the club. So all of a sudden now they just need some good supporters. <laughs> <laughs> and I might actually be on board. Oh, well, no. I was just having some fun. Well, you reckon they don't have a sense of humour down there. Did they not take that well? No. I'm surprised. But, but, but are you? Okay. Who do I, I have if a good relationship with? I would have taken that as a joke. Who do I have a good relationship with down at Fremantle in in the hierarchy? Uh, Simon Garlic? Very close relationship. He's a good man. Garlic. Sat on the Bob Murphy story for them on their behalf because I needed to do the right thing. Yeah. Okay. On behalf of Bob, football, and SEN. Okay. How good is that? More on that in a brief moment. Yeah. Okay. Justin Longmuir, does he ever hesitate coming on our show? He loves it. He bloody loves it. Co- loves coming on our show, right? I can't okay. wait to get on. Andrew Brayshaw, clamouring to be the only other Brayshaw to not come on the show. He said, hang on, how come I'm not getting on the show? It is staggering that we haven't had him yet. Well, he will be. Hammer. Only a matter of time. Hammer's on. I think we were set to get Andrew, but then he got injured, of course. Gus towards the end. He's on. Gus Friday. is on. Okay. On Gillian Goss. Yep. Andy wants to come on. Yep. Fifey, who was the first guest we sat in this studio on SENWA, if I don't have a relationship with Freeman. I believe that was Nathan Fife. Exactly right. Well, if it wasn't him, it was someone that bloody looked like him. Captain of the Fremantle Docks. Correct. Yeah. I think alongside former captain as well, Matthew Pavlich. Pavlich, he's in the studio. He wouldn't come in if he didn't think I was a, have a Fremantle passion. Exactly. And what about Lockie Neal? How easy has it been for us to get Lockie Neal on? <laughs> as soon as he rejoins Fremantle, he'll be, he'll be on. Bang, right in he here. He will be on absolutely. What else have we got coming up? Uh, so, yeah, where were we? Brad Green, Iceland, that's right. Simon Hill, that's right, because we are talking about Socceroos. Uh, they played last night, so Simon Hill, the voice of football in this country, will join us. Georgie Parker as well. She's got plenty to chat about. She's up and about about the Bob Murphy news as well, coming to the Fremantle Dockers. Brendan Archie, who was uh, delisted, a lot of injuries, F- wonderful young man, very popular player against the West Coast Eagles. He's going to c- join us next week okay. on the show just to talk about the journey, where to now for him. He said, yep, no dramas about coming on. One of the loveliest bloke in uh, football. A lot of injuries. Um, been in the system for about 10 years, I think. So been a good survivor. Yeah, Probably don't think he'll play on in the AFL system. Mark Hutchings has gone and Nathan Vardy also gone. So uh, the D-listings and the moving on. Yeah. Might try and touch base with all of those boys hey, yeah. at some stage. Yep. Nathan Vardy would be good to get on. Yeah, it'd be good to get Nathan Vardy on. Do we have any contacts to get Nathan Vardy on? And Mark Hutchings, of course, we'll get him. I might use my St Kilda contact because he was at St Kilda before he came to West Coast. was, that's right. Can't get him through West Coast, but I'll try and get him through St Kilda. All right. Or even West Perth. Oh, yeah. West Perth. <laughs> I, remember, mate, I remember growing up, right? Was better, that or the Viking clan? No. So, so, so West Perth, great yeah. supporters, probably yeah. the best in the comp. West Sports Perth. Day's Jimmy Williams, West big West Perth, Perth fan. West Perth. Yeah. West Perth. That's how they used to cheer. Was it? West Perth. 
And, you know, and, but they just were so loud. And then the, the guy that does the, um, the shout, that does the siren. Have you said the Joondalup siren? No, I haven't. I've, oh, I've, mate. I've not been down to Joondalup to watch the West Perth. Up, up to Joondalup. That's true. Up to Joondalup, yeah. People who say, oh, I've got to go down to Kalgoorlie or I've got to go up to Albany or I'm going down to – drives me insane. You've got yeah, to get, that's your, fair, that's get fair. your directions I can, right. I can understand that. You, I apologise you know wholeheartedly, you, <laughs> unreservedly. <laughs> you know the small things bug me the most, yeah, don't no, you? I can get around that, though. Did you see my post being a bus driver? No, I didn't. So I posted a photo yesterday. I had to go out to my uh, my container. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, your storage to get all your trophies. Yeah, yeah. So I posted that photo, right, on my Insta story. What is that? Boyhood, boyhood dream next to a bus. Best, next to a bus. And the bus says, bus and coach driver training. It's a full-blown bloody bus, mate. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. I've had more likes and views on that <laughs> than anything I've ever posted and more comments about people saying, are you taking on being a bus driver? That's brilliant. I'm going to tell you right now, as a young boy growing up. People love buses. I wanted. I used to be a bus driver at home. I'd get a stool, yeah. right? Yeah. That was my wheel. Yeah. And I put all the chairs, the kitchen chairs, and we had a family of five kids and parents and an extra. So I put them down like that was the bus. Yeah, good. I'd get the Monopoly money. Yeah. And I put that on a little table next to me, right? Yeah. So I'd be driving on my bus. To my left, I'd have the Monopoly money yeah. and the ticket machine. Of course. But the thing was, didn't go anywhere. Well, I didn't go anywhere, but I didn't <laughs> want any. I didn't want anyone on my bus. Oh, you just wanted. To... Oh, you said you had some passages there. No, no, I wanted passengers, but they would not didn't want to come on my bus. Oh, okay. I was the one oh seven bus. Yeah, right. <laughs> would come from Cottesloe to the city. Beautiful. Down St George's Terrace. Yeah. And I grew up wanting to be the one oh seven bus driver. Yes. There's a lot of people naturally. out there and there's a lot of people listening to this show right now. Boyhood or girlhood dream jobs that you wanted to do. Never really intended to probably do. You know, so so I wanted to be a bus driver, an MTT, which was before Transperth, right? Okay. Metropolitan Transport Trust, it was yeah. called. MTT. Okay. People remember the MTT. Sure. Not and me. I, and I'd want to drive the bus, but have no one on it. So my kids, whenever they see a bus, my girls or my son, see a bus, an empty bus, they go, Dad, that's, that's your, your bus. bus. <laughs> <laughs> and so when we saw that bus yesterday and I posted on Instagram, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All aboard. Tickets, please. That was the worst bus. That's a terrible bus all the time. But anyway, so I'd love people to let us know. I'd love to know what the number is, but I don't have my rundown. 0487 736 736. So my boyhood dream was to drive an MTT bus. And yesterday I stood next to one as though it was my career move, (laughs) my my next part of my life. What was your boyhood or childhood dream job that you grew up wanting to do? That's good. 0487 736 736. Let us know who you are, where you're listening from. But in particular, what did you want to do growing up? Chef for me. Chef? I wanted to be a chef. Did you? Don't know why. Couldn't cook. Never cooked. Just wanted to, just like the idea of it. (laughs) I had a mate that I went to school with who left school in year 11 to become an apprentice baker. And I thought that was such a good gig. <laughs> Great Making move. bread. Crack of dawn. But then again, Early, we do that. No, for... no, re- no, no. It was more than crack of dawn. They'd go to yeah. work at 11 o'clock at night. Because <laughs> right. the bread had and to be ready. Roll through. Yeah. Okay. And I want to know anyone else out there, 0487, what do you reckon Joe, our tech 
What do you reckon his dream job would be? I can see bus driver for Joe as well. Yeah, what do you reckon he's I reckon he'd be a comedian because he's always cracking funny jokes. He is very funny, very funny belly, man. belly laughing. Tom can't can't stop. Um, what do you reckon Lily's job out there would be? Her, her dream job? Influencer. Social media <laughs> influencer. <laughs> what she would have gone for. Uh, what about Geordie? What about his job? Oh, that's... Um, I reckon he's a car salesman. One? Yeah, but he's already in sales. Yeah, but yeah, but I reckon he's got car, car specifically. Yeah, it's car specific. Yeah, I can get around that. Yeah, right. Paul as well. What do you reckon Paul? Who's yeah, uh, cars. Paul, that would be start a joint joint venture. No, Paul would be a Paul, for, a dream job for Paul. I reckon would be a um a, a, a race a race horse syndicator. Oh yeah, yeah. He's got yeah. that sort of you know that sharp haircut. Yeah, never yeah. it never grows. Yeah, he shaves it every morning. I think. Yeah, as well. I, no doubt he does. He's got the permanent part. And what about Paige, the boss? What about Paige? What would be her? What do you reckon her job would be? See, you're much better at this than I am. I'm drawing blanks, left, right, and centre. I should be a CEO of a company. Yeah, she's already the boss. Yeah, but she's not CEO. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, but she, she's <laughs> but got she's the CEO. eyebrow management. Yeah, Jane. I reckon Jane would be a tuck shop lady. Yeah, she'd like what dream the, dream job dream tuck shop lady. <laughs> <laughs> tuck shop. Yeah, and Sarah Matilda's obviously. Sarah would be would be the um oh um. No, it wouldn't be the Matilda. Oh, yeah, would be media manager for the Matildas. Okay, doesn't want to play? Nah, no, no, it's not good enough. <laughs> oh, whoa. I didn't say it, Sarah. <laughs> I reckon you're still good enough, Sarah. Anyway, we're talking about our staff here. Dream Jobs, yeah. 0487 736 is the number. We'll get a breakaway. We'll come back. Brad Green's going to join us. Hey, Goss, here we go. Oh, Wayne in Belmont says he wanted to be an adult star, adult movie star. <laughs> But fell short oh, in the boy. department. Wayne, please. Come on, Wayne. Come on, Wayne. Keep it above Jeez. the belt, Wayne. 0487 736 736. Brad Green, not far away. It's 16 past 10. This is a sports show. It's called Sporting Goss. <laughs> it's a grand old fag. It's a high flying fag. It's the emblem for me and for you. Ah, you got to love the Demon Song. And let's hope we're hearing that Demon Song on Friday night here at Optus Stadium because it's cutthroat finals time. Melbourne take on Geelong. And one man who knows what it's like to be in the finals and certainly ensconced in the Melbourne Football Club is on their board. But he played over 250 games. He played in a grand final for Melbourne. And he's kind enough to join us, unfortunately, in lockdown in Melbourne and can't get across here for the game. Brad Green, appreciate your time. And you must be very excited about Friday night. Yeah, good morning, guys. It's uh, yeah, it's certainly uh, finals time for sure. It's a uh, no exciting to be a, a demon, demon fan and um, past player, and, and especially with all what's happening um, across the other side of the country. But uh, it doesn't matter where it is or or what's going on. It's nice to have Melbourne back in the finals. Hey, there's a big push for uh, from the demons uh, to be an attendee, so to speak. If you're an attendee and you've got a badge on, post the badge, flash your badge, get on and say you're supporting the Melbourne Football Club. Fair to say. They have, uh, I think they've won over WA. I think there's a real push inside Western Australia for the Demons over the next couple of weeks. Well, I think they have. It's a uh, we've been, well, the boys have been camped over there for, for a good two and a half weeks. Yeah. Um, we spent our break over there, um, and you know, well, I think we've got you know 2,000 WA Demon fans. So, um, and I'm sure West Coast and Freo, Freo supporters can get behind the Demons. Um, yeah. so I'd love to see a club like uh, like ours that hasn't won a flag since '64 get behind us. So. 
Um, big push for the Demons in WA for sure. Yeah, looking forward to it. Brad Green, our guest on Sporting Goss. Brad, I want to take you back to 2000 when you played in that uh, grand final against Essendon. It wasn't a great day for the Demons. What are your memories of grand final day? It's going to be very different. I know we're not grand final yet, but very different, this whole final system because of the world we're living in. But tell us your memory of grand final day back in 2000. I think, I think for any player to uh, growing up as a kid is that they, they remember grand final day. They remember uh, watching grand finals and um, to be a part of one um, and to experience um, is certainly um, the ultimate for a player. Very disappointing is um, not to win one, but um, yeah, the experience of grand final day, we came up against the Bombers, the red hot favourites. Um, amazing team they had that year, but uh, you know, just the whole week, you imagine Melbourne, um, grand final week. I remember we had thirty odd thousand at uh, Junction Oval, little Junction Oval, for our last training session. So it's a little bit different in these times, obviously. But um, you know, the build-up's massive, um, and you know, I'm sure Perth people will be able to drum up something similar. But um, oh, it's it's amazing uh, to be a part of them. And grand final is the ultimate for any AFL player. Mate, it's going to be massive for, on Friday night. The sixty thousand tickets sold until 9 o'clock on uh, Tuesday night. So uh, I say Monday night. Monday night at 9 o'clock, all the tickets were gone for this venue. Um, the boys have had their pants pulled down at this venue in that preliminary final. We spoke to Angus Brayshaw. In fact, we're going to hear more of that interview with Gillian Goss on Friday morning. We spoke to Angus Brayshaw. He said, don't even talk about it. There's probably a dozen blokes that have no longer at the footy club or have moved on since that day. Uh, we've been here. We know what it's like. He said the last time they were here, they actually had to go and hide because there was a, a thunderstorm and a lightning storm. They've had some <laughs> bizarre memories here at Optus Stadium for the Demons. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, it got brought up to me a, a couple of weeks ago about our record and the prelim and, you know, don't talk about it. But I think it's more for supporters uh, and us as members. And um, I, I'm sure our playing group um, matured. And as you said, I think there's, there's only about 10 guys that have played in that game. So, um, hopefully their mindset isn't thinking about that. Um, their last game, they won there. I thought they played played really well against West Coast until the storm came. Um, so what Goody's telling me, and I've spoken to him a few times, is they enjoy playing on the ground. They love the atmosphere. Um, and they, they've really enjoyed their time when they do go there and play there. Uh, can I ask you, you speak to Goody. Geez, uh, a rem- remarkable transformation, isn't it, for him? I mean... He was, he was walking the plank. He was walking the plank. I'm not saying you had him in the gun. I'm not talking about the Melbourne Football Club. But where they were at, he looked a shell of a bloke. He looked like he was really struggling to come up with answers. I think he, I really, I think he really struggled in the media focus of it all, you know, at his press conferences. I think, and I don't know, and I stand corrected on this, he might have be, been ill-advised or unprepared or whatever it may be. But it's amazing what winning does, and he has to take a lot of the accolades for getting this football club to where they are right now. Um, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people have, and, and to his credit, and um, Purdy did a bit, bit, big uh, review um, on the football department, and, um, and it changed a little bit. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about Mark Williams coming in, Adam Uze, these type of players that have helped um, structure our side, give our style and our brand and our supporters what they want to see on, on game day. But look, full, full credit's got to go to, to Simon Goodwin. It's, he's been unbelievable in the way he's, Trans, uh, transform this side into the side that's it's got a brand now. You know our players have got a style to. Um, they know what they're going to give week in week out. Our defensive system, our way going forward, is is been exceptional and um, and good. He's got to take you know most of the credit for that. 
no doubt. A uh, couple of weeks ago, how were you feeling uh, at about the eight-minute mark of the third quarter when uh, Melbourne, I think, were 44 points down or whatever it may be? Uh, just, just tell us what you were thinking watching that game at uh, GMHBA Stadium, thinking, wow, um, this could be um, – this was ugly. This was looking ugly. And your emotion change after the massive turnaround. Yeah, I, I think I remember about half time and um, talking to my two boys about uh, what's going to happen. And <laughs> I think I went and uh, and had a cold beer in the fridge. I went and I sat down and <laughs> thought we're uh, we're in a bit of strife here. Um, and it's harder when you're not at the atmosphere and you're just sitting at home by yourselves and um, watching on TV. So it's a bit uh, it's it's a bit sad really that you're doing it all by yourself. But um, yeah, I thought. Uh, their turnaround in that second half was amazing, and um, and Max lining up for that goal. I still didn't didn't know if he was going to kick it. It was 50-50. He was going to kick it, but um, look, it was an amazing game. And you know, I think they would give Geelong um, great confidence. Only two weeks ago, they they were forty four points up, and that's what they'll be talking about. How did we do it? How do we sustain it for for longer periods? So, you know, it's a it's going to be certainly on prelim as they all are. Um, so. Yeah, it's a big game, um, and it's, it makes it harder um, watching it by yourself. But I reckon I was a little bit more nervous against Brisbane. Just first final, um, the emotions just sort of come back when you're not uh, um, being there and, and watching it in the crowd. I reckon you just sit there with your emotions, and I think I had a little bit of tear coming out of my eyes just <laughs> in pregame. Just, um, I think it just all boiled over on me. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to probably the same on Friday, but I'm sure all Melbourne supporters will be... be uh, Glue to the screens and, and hoping for the for the victory. Yeah, the, up against the Cats. Brad Green, our guest, of course, 250 gamer. Uh, what's your role on the board? Are you active? Uh, yes, it's, uh, <laughs> it's quite, quite time-consuming, actually. It's a, uh, obviously, um, you know, there's the, the governance of it, the structure of our board. We've all got different skill sets. Um, as I said, my role predominantly coming onto the board is, yeah, I'm a business owner, um, but, you know, with my football background, that's what they lean on. Um, my title's not a football director, but um, being being the, the football person on the board, they certainly come to me. So, um, yeah, look, we're, we're all over the football club, all the, all the board is. Um, the great thing is we're, we're well connected in, um, and we're with each other to, to make our club, you know, where it should be, back on top of the ladder, and uh, that's what we've done. Nathan Jones hasn't played officially on the field since round seven. He was the medical sub against Essendon round 15, didn't get on the ground. Judging by the stats, he's played eight times this year for eight wins. Are you a sentimentalist? (laughs) Do you find a spot for Nathan Jones to go out in style? He's got twins on the way, I'm led to believe, or something like that. He's decided decided not to be there. He's decided to stay with the group, which would be a huge fillip for the Demons. Take take your director's hat off, put your Melbourne hat on, put your mate hat on because he's a mate of yours. Do you think there is any possible chance come grand final day Nathan Jones will be there? Uh. Well, the, it's not it's not a short and quick answer, Goss, as you would like it to know. <laughs> um, yes, he is a friend. Um, I would love to see Nathan be a part of this final series personally. Um, to, as I said, taking everything away. Yes, he's a friend. Um, he's been a big part of our changing culture um, to get our club to where it is. But if you're looking at, you know, what's gone before him in the games, he hasn't played since then. Um, you know, 
it's it's hard to change a winning side, as we all know, put coming in finals. And if you're not really in, I've been a part of final series. If you're not in there before um, the end of the home and away, it's really hard to change a side, only through injury. Very rarely do they change a the form um, on winning teams, because obviously if you keep winning, you keep progressing. So it's going to make be a challenge for him to get in. Um, the only way is we, we've got to pick up three or four injuries, I would say, to, to get in the side. So it's going to be tough on him. What would he be doing inside that group? It doesn't strike me as a moper, a bloke who's moping around, angling for spots, speaking in dark corners, trying to press his case. Tell me about Nathan Jones, the man inside that playing group right now. Oh, he'll be leading. He'll be he'll be talking to his um, younger colleagues, uh, making sure that their nerves aren't there to get out and play the way they do in home and away, and you know, be patting on the back, um, just talking them through the moments. Don't think. I overthink the game. Don't play it before you run out there. He'll be certainly um, jeering them up and, and in it in the change rooms and making sure that their minds are on this game because it's going to be red hot. So, uh, no, no, Nathan's on a mopa. He's a, he's a positive influence on the group, and um, I've got no doubt he'll be doing that on, uh, on, um, on Friday. Brad Green, our guest. 350 goals. You'll be uh, watching, I'm sure, with your boys and your better half, uh, you'll have you'll have you know, you know you'll have the typical Melbourne Demons uh, fair out there. You'll have the champagne. You'll have the, the crayfish. <laughs> you'll have the bit of the little platters all laid out, and then you'll go cocoa <laughs> bananas. You have the cheese. Yeah, you know, I know. I, I know how she lives. Don't worry about that. Uh, so so. It's huge, isn't it? It's going to be huge. You're going to be glued to your your TVs, your radios, whatever format you can get hold of Friday night. And can you imagine, can you imagine about 10.30 on Friday night what it's going to be like if those boys get themselves into a grand final? Oh, mate, it's, a, uh, it's quite weird when you, I've got used to it over the last couple of years. But, yeah, you're right. The, uh, the, the boys and Katie and I, we certainly sit down and watch the game. I think my eldest boy doesn't watch with us because he's too nervous. So he goes and <laughs> puts, a, puts a box here on um, in the bedroom, um, probably because Dad gets a bit grumpy. But um, Oh, do you? I think, do you really? I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a great watcher, Goss. I'm, I'm a terrible watcher. <laughs> I forgot very quickly how easy this game is. How, how, I think it's so easy watching it on the TV and then how hard it is to play. What about we Catherine? Like what about not... Catherine? How does she go? No, she's more trying to calm me down. Um, <laughs> she's uh, she's saying it's all right. We're, we're okay. Um, so, no, she's certainly the calming influence in the household. <laughs> I'm the nervous wreck. Um, and, yes, and then the worst thing is, is all the messages and uh, past players are all, on this WhatsApp and we're backwards and forwards and banter. And, and I think that you ride the emotion with everyone because you get a text message or you get a WhatsApp message and everyone rides it with you, even though you're not there together. So it's a, uh, it's an interesting experience. Now we've all got used to this COVID lockdown and um, phones are going crazy and my mind's going crazy and, just hoping that it all comes to uh, fruition when we, we get over the line. Well, looking forward to it. It's going to be the place is going to be pumping, and uh, I think everyone, as I said, I mean, we all like Geelong. Everyone likes Geelong, but they've had their share. They've had their enough preliminary final successes and losses and whatever it be over the journey. It's Melbourne's Correct. turn. We're, it's <laughs> Melbourne's turn. We're on the D's. Don't worry about that. Hey, Greeny, all Good the very boy, best. Doc. Enjoy Friday night. It's going to be huge, and uh, thanks for joining us. I know it's a special time for you, your family. The Demons uh, supporters, massive over there in Melbourne. And if we could lift this place up and take it across the MCG so the real Demon fans can can watch it, we would. But unfortunately, that's not the world we're in. But you know what? We'll look at the history book and it will say 2021, Melbourne, Premiers. Doesn't matter where they play it. It's still a Premiership. Thanks, Goss. Go Demons. 
Brad Green joining us on Sporting Goss. 24 away from 11, 23 degrees, heading for a top of 26. Rain on the way this afternoon. A lot of rain around tomorrow, 18. And then Friday, preliminary final day here for a sellout crowd, Melbourne and Geelong, 19. And plenty of rain around. Don't forget, always get in touch with us, 13 12 55 or 0487 736 736. Dream job, full-time house renovator, said Mike, or a, the head of trading at the Fremantle Dockers. And Roy, regular... Brad, who's the better sports reporter? Your better half uh, or Tim Gossage? Well, been there, done that. I'm the king. Yeah, I know. Bought the T-shirt, taught her everything I know. Got her to Melbourne. Got her the gig. But she's a better reporter by a long way. She's the best writer. She's the best TV writer in the game. And writing to TV pitches is not easy. But she is a, a bona fide star. He's won Katie Price. Better half of Brad Green. Hey, uh, coming up, Georgie Parker, not too far away. In fact, I want to play this. This was a bit of a... Uh, a conversation that Bob and Andy had yesterday in its entirety here about Bob going to WA to taking up his position of, uh, of course, in regards to the football department of the Fremantle Football Club. And, uh, well, he spoke, he was teased. He was being teased by their producer, Julian DeStoop and Andy Marr about where to now and would he have a role here on SENWA? Here's Bob on SEN with Bob and Andy yesterday. Oh. I think Griffin Logue and David oh. Mundy do a podcast over there, so I don't know how that's going to work. Well, there's oh. a bit of curl action between those two. Yeah. Not tight, tight curlman. Well, Mundy, he's featured he's a, a few wave, times. Man. He's been yeah. a, uh, a bit of a whisperman. He's been a Nick, uh, Nick Cage. Oh, he's been a Nick Cage oh, uh, recast. Bob, when you said I was a whisperman, what are you getting at? That you're thinning, Dave. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Will you be quite as uh, to the point? No. (laughs) Not even close to that. G'day, David. Has anyone anyone cleaned your boots? I've got some dubbing ready for you. Your hair looks nice. (laughs) (laughs) I've got my performance review coming up in a couple of weeks. Would you put in a good word, David? All this will get back, you know. Con is a great name. Goss Goss will be uh, uh, time-coding all of this. We all have him and Gil tomorrow morning. All of this stuff played directly into the Fremantle Perth market. How are you going to handle yeah. the fishbowl, these Perth? Oh, yeah. With the be... likes of Ryan Daniels and Tim Gossage and Kim Hagdorn and you these how, types. You know how I'll handle it, that uh, fishbowl? Yeah. With a seven-foot telescopic rod. <laughs> you will be a big fish over You're going to be a big, You're a big, big fish big over fish. I'm just interested in catching fish, guys. Small pond. Catching them. Why are these fish so big? Will you get a spot? If Basil asks you to be no, part of it, no. I'm not going over there for that. Will you be mm. part of Goss's uh, and Gilly's? Yeah. Will you do a spot on their radio no, show here for SEN? So. No, I don't believe so. SENWA. No. Why not? Because I don't send you media time. Senwa. Media. Scumbags. She works all right. Senwa. So Fremantle played Brisbane on the 8th of August. Is this when you first spoke to Lockie Neal? I don't want to confirm or deny. Have you been tapping up Lockie Neal? I, uh, have I been? Have I been tapping up? Tapping Lockie up, Neil? Lockie Neal. That means something totally different. <laughs> no, no, in the English uh, Premier League, tapping up is when oh, you're trying to. That's what another player. Just Ted Lasso right. says hello. Yes. Um, I've never met Lockie Neal. Do you think hand Lockie Neal back hand f- on? Uh, no, quite. Heart? Just step, put your park your Fremantle thing for a minute, and just come back to us for a moment. Right. Lockie no, Neal at Fremantle is it a good fit? Uh, yeah, of course it is. Okay. Oh, Murphy says <laughs> new head of player development says get. So I'm going to twist this every time you say anything about Fremantle now. He's a good fit. So, so, so a okay. so Brownlow medalist. Okay, so how does the... Star of the competition. Okay, how does Chera to Carlton say Tom Mitchell to Brisbane? Yeah. 
Neil to Fremantle, how does that work? I'd have to look at the deficit oh. points and how that affects <laughs> future, future <laughs> draft picks. How does that, how no, does that no, work? No, Hang on. Look. What does Hawthorne get out of this? Yeah, look, Hawthorne ain't got anything out of this. Why did Tom Mitchell get really bad deal for It's a shocking deal. We don't want to give up too many future picks. Forget about that. I don't know how Hawthorne got in there. I thought Tom Mitchell was playing for Carlton when I did that deal. Because he's he's old man playing. I hope John Nichols is not still listening to <laughs> Bob Murphy with Andy Marr, of course. You can hear them this afternoon at one o'clock here on SENWA. Very, very funny. And uh, he'll be missed from the radio airwaves. He's different. Um, they're both different and they work so beautifully together. But great to have him coming across to Perth. And well, I got wind of this last week and I was sworn to secrecy and got told he can't mention it. I've had a private conversation and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you don't know how hard that was. And I did that show on Friday with Simon Garlic on the show, on the stage. I was so going to lift the lid on it anyway. But I couldn't. I couldn't out of respect to all parties, and in particular to the Fremantle Football Club, who I love. I've just got on socials and they still hate me. Got to stop. I'm not Kane Corns, you know. Georgie Parker's next. It's 19 to 11. It's 23 degrees. This is Sporting Goss. Fourteen away from eleven on this stunning twenty-three degree day at the moment, heading for a top of twenty-six. Rain is on the way. Looking out on the coast, there's a bit of rain around, and don't forget more rain it's tomorrow. Rain. Eighteen degrees tomorrow. We'll be falling out of that sky. Fifteen mils of rain. Nineteen on game day Friday. Don't forget, always get in touch with us. Zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six for those asking about how did Goslotter go last night. We've got two numbers, but that's that's nothing. That's blah, blah. Georgie Parker joins us as she does every Wednesday at this time. Georgie, good morning. Do that noise again, Goss. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs a sound effect man when you've got you? I agree. Brilliant stuff. On the sack, sack the sound effect man. Get rid of him. <laughs> He's off now. He's gone. See you later. Hey, Georgie, plenty going on in the world. Now, you are you double vaxxed? I'm double vaxxed and yep, Sweet. ready to ready to lead charge. Okay. It's, it's actually okay. such a, it's such a nice feeling, and do you know what? Yeah, it is. Sydney Swans, they are staff and players, fully one hundred percent first jab done. So yeah. they're leading the way in an AFL point of view in getting what we need to do to get back to some form of normality, and particularly around this country where we want to start travelling and seeing our friends and having footy and crowds and everything. So if you haven't, book an appointment um, so I can get home to start yeah. selfishly, but also so we can get on our way as a country. But double backs and ready to party. Very, very true. Good on fun. you, Georgie. Yeah, nice work <laughs> by you. Hey, Georgie, I, I don't want to speak out of yeah. a school here, but I'm going to anyway. Um, oh, your housemate was um, delisted by the Hawks. No real surprise. Um, he's been as a backup for some time. Keegan Brooksby, of course, better half of uh, your housemate. Um How's he, yeah. how's, he, how's, he, how's he going? Well, it's a bit flat for him. But oh, Keegan Brooksby, he's been around the, the place as well. He's been listed at Gold Coast. Then he yep. was over in um, WA playing yeah. on the Eagles list for a year and then yeah. got his opportunity over at Hawthorne. And, and I was speaking to him about it. He's only ever had one-year contract. So he said nothing that he hasn't felt before. It's still not a nice feeling for him. But it's a, yeah. a time of year where a lot of disappointment comes. And, you know, he's 31 and... Unfortunately for him, he's in between sizes. He's 197 centimetres. It's not quite tall enough to be a ruck, but probably not mobile enough to be a, a key position player. Mm-hmm. So it's just that awkward sort of position. But um, 
the pandemic definitely hasn't helped him and given him opportunities. He couldn't really even get many VFL games away. So feeling for him, it's tough news to hear. You never want to be hearing that, but he's going to have a few wines with him the other night and some pizza. So I'm sure that's often for blow. You can't even go out and celebrate yeah. your career at a pub at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's always tough news, but that, that's what happens this time of year. There's a lot of those fringe kind of players get let go and, um, you know, potentially for him, he might get another slot somewhere else. He's a very, very professional athlete for sure. He uh, he won the West Coast Eagles Waffle Club champion a couple of years ago before he uh, yeah. left town as well. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's a very good player. Uh, speaking, I think he would have been on the Gold Coast list when Stephen May was there. This was Stephen May yesterday on Sports Day Victoria. Have a listen. It means everything to me. It's the, you know, it's the reason I I left because I I wanted that chance of tasting. I wasn't chasing a premiership mode. I was chasing. I just want to play in a final. When I looked at the plan with the Gold Coast, it was more of another five-year plan, and I probably would have been on the wrong side of thirty by then. So, I thought, you know, selfishly, I wanted to go and have a chance at at that success. I didn't want to be that player that played, you know, hopefully two hundred games, but and no finals. We make of that, yeah. Well, I, I love that. That's that, that uh, you know, wanting to have greatness. And you probably didn't like the fact he wasn't chasing premierships because you think that you know, winning, winning is everything, and then this yep. kind of game. But it is. Um, yep. I, I like that from him. He could have stayed up there, been a leader up there, probably had a lot of money up there. But being down, you know, firstly in Melbourne, where you're getting a little bit more attention and pressure put on you, probably made him a little bit of a better player, helped him grow up. He had a few misdemeanours up Ooh, at the did Gold he ever? Coast. And, did he ever? Yeah, and he, he came down in, here. And he's he had came... a few at Melbourne too, Georgie. Don't worry about that. He, he's <laughs> oh, had a lot at Melbourne. A, and he, and you, yes, think. no, there's runs sure. a bit deeper than that, uh, can I assure anyway. you. And the best part, about anyway. it is, best part about it is he's got it online and on track and he's benefited from it and Melbourne in particular have benefited from it and that's a wonderful thing. 100%. His last two years, he was probably unlucky last year not to get all Australian. This year mm. he was, and he's part of a team that, you know, they are in the front seat to get a, that premiership this year. Um, yeah. They're as good a team as you'll see in the competition at the moment. And he's led by some brilliant defenders around him, which probably helps him play better as well. So I love hearing that. And, it, you know, I've spoken to a player who's gone up to play at the Gold Coast, said, how is it up there? And he said, you know, it's a really good place to play, to play poorly because nobody cares about you. That's the mm-hmm. reality of it. So Sad. for him to come down here, that added pressure on him has made him play better and, and he's reaping those rewards and playing in those finals. It's so special. And unfortunately, he won't be able to play in front of those Melbourne fans. And you can just see the heartbreak all around Melbourne at the moment with these fans wanting to see their team have, you know, break that premiership throughout. But... Uh, all, all credit to, to mate and to Stephen how he um, is going yep. about his football at the moment. Very true. Uh, now we've got a bit to get through in the next couple of minutes. So let's plough yep. through it. Uh, Melbourne are cracking at Chera because Carlton don't have a coach. That can't be helping their chances. He cannot possibly choose Carlton over Melbourne if they don't have a coach unless he's got inside oil. Why would you? And not with the midfield around around him as well. Oh, I think. Colton really need to get on their way. Collingwood have gone and picked a coach and picked a coach that is, is well-liked around AFL in the circles. You speak to all the players who've had him as an assistant coach or a line coach have said just how good he is as a, as a person to, to play under. So they need to get cracking because I wouldn't want to go to a team that didn't have a coach. And particularly someone like who's coming from Fremantle, who would be hearing a lot about you know people like Ross Lyon. Of course, his hat, hat's apparently, and his name apparently, 
been pulled out of that hat to not, you know, be up for anymore. But you don't want to be going somewhere where you don't know what your role is around the team, what your mm. role will be around the club and the projection that that club is going to be going on. So they, they better get cracking because they're going to be losing some of these up-and-coming stars like Chera. So you want to be locking in. I'd be picking Melbourne over Carlton, definitely, especially with, you know, the future that Melbourne have. They've got a young midfield, a good defensive line. They've got no holes anywhere in their team. So I'd be choosing Melbourne for sure. And that coach is going to be the, something that's going to sweeten the deal. If you've got someone like Clarko there, you're going yep. to be potentially thinking about them. Bob Murphy's thinking about, well, he's not thinking about it. He's made a decision. This is uh, his role at Fremantle. Have a listen. The job is uh, head of football operations and performance. You're a conduit between lots of different departments, one of those being the AFLW, high performance, development. Yep. The magnetic pull of footy just got stronger yep. and stronger. And SEN's loss is Fremantle's gain, a quality football person. Mm. He's been uh, rummaging yeah. around this in his brain for a while. He's been seeking counsel from uh, contacts of us here at SEN for some time. So great that that finally got out, and it's a great pickup to, to join Fremantle. Simon Garlic, uh, Matthew Boyd, fantastic. Yeah, definitely. And you think of Bob, when you finish playing sport, you want to get out of that club environment for a little bit because it's so consuming. It's rules and it's um, when you've been in it, particularly for him, he was in there for, you know, 15, how long was he playing for? 18 years? A long time. Mm, long time. It's, yeah, a very long time. You want to get out of it for a little bit. But like you said, that magnetic pull of being part of something which has a clear direction of where you're going, where every single person at that club and that environment is going towards that same goal. That's what I miss about playing sport. I don't miss many things, but that's the one thing that you do miss. So I completely understand. He's probably had his time out and goes, do you know what? I'm ready to have that, that goal and yeah. that drive and that continual improvement mindset um, that he spoke about on his show with Andy. So Fremantle have got one of the best, there. He's a great guy. He really wants the best for women's sports. He wants the best for the players, for the club themselves. He's been through it and um, I'm so excited for him and Fremantle Dockers. They've really got a good one there. Georgie, appreciate your time. That was from a cafe's new blend. It's Coffee Fit for an Aussie. We'll do it again on Monday with Gillian Goss as we uh, zero in on a weekend. There's no footy the following weekend, but we'll chat to you Monday anyway. Yeah, can't wait. See you then, legend. Hey there, roasted in Melbourne, McCafe's new blend, crafted by baristas, smooth, rich, and with a hint of sweet berry. News is next. Get the latest Kia news today at Jones Boys Bunbury Kia. Great people, amazing cars. Well dug out by Brad Smith, then left it for Mobile in towards Adam Taggart and Riley McGree. Again, they'll swing it back towards Ryan Grant, who is furthest forwards. And Australia have the goal that they craved. Ryan Grant with a collector's item, his first for his country. And just at the point in the game where they were looking to get bogged down by Vietnam, Australia have found a goal. And that was the commentary of Simon Hill. And wasn't it great to have Simon back calling mainstream football on free-to-air TV, live and free on 10, simulcast on 10 play. And he joins us now after Australia did get past Vietnam in not one of the one for the ages, Simon, but uh, a win's a win. They take the three points and get out of there. And congratulations on your appointment at the Network 10. It's a, it's a wonderful appointment and great for the game here in Australia. Thank you very much, Tim. Yeah, you're right. It was uh, not the best game, uh, hampered really by you know tough conditions, hot, humid, as it always is in Southeast Asia. Uh, the pitch was, was very spongy. Um, so it was, it was tough for the Socceroos, and they had a few scares along the way, but... 
the important thing is uh, they got the three points. Ten wins out of ten mm. in Asian qualifying. Can't ask for much more than that. Very much so. And Ryan Grant, as you mentioned, there first time for Australia. Look, he's been in the he's been in the in the green and gold or the gold for a, a while now. He's not he's not a noted goal scorer at any level, to be brutally honest with you. But gee, that's just that's a nice little bucket list, you know. You you you, you score for your country. You can't get any better than that. Yeah, and to be honest, you know, about 10, 15 minutes prior to that, he was involved in an incident at the other end where the VAR took about five minutes to review uh, whether he'd actually handle the ball inside the penalty area. So he turned from villain to hero in the space of a few <laughs> minutes. But uh, look, I'm, I'm delighted for Ryan. He's, he's a super guy. He's the only A-League-based player over in the squad and uh, flying the flag for the domestic league. He does pop up with the odd goal here and there. And to be honest, that, that was one of his sort of trademark moves, arriving late at the back post, uh, and nobody from Vietnam went with him. And, uh, yeah, he was confident enough to, to put his head into the back of the net, which was terrific. And in the end, uh, that was the difference. Yeah, I'm reading this. Uh, the 10th straight victory, as you mentioned, for the Socceroos. First time the team has achieved the marker in World Cup qualifying. It's just the second 10-game win streak in 99 years' history of the Socceroos, so they can take that. Uh, what was what was good about the performance for from a from a soccer aficionado that you are? What was what was rock solid about the win? Well, the defence obviously was uh, uh, able to keep another clean sheet, mm. which I think they've now considered only two goals in that ten uh, game winning sequence, which is always a positive. It breeds confidence. Matt Ryan didn't have an awful lot to do. A few opportunities in the second half, which will probably uh, cause Graham Arnold uh, a few concerns. But I think overall, you know, they dominated the game. And look, it, it's difficult because although Vietnam uh, are, are vastly improved and they're certainly a nation on the rise, but they're not Japan, they're not Saudi Arabia, but they do play in those tough conditions. So it, it's it's a little bit difficult to get a, you know, a full read on, on their performance. I think they were much more impressive against China. I mean, that's you know, it sounds obvious because, <laughs> excuse me, they they won that game three nil. But mm. I think the manner of the performance and again the conditions had something to do with it. They played in an air-conditioned stadium in Qatar on, on a on a real carpet of a pitch, so that really suits the way that Australia like to play the game. Last night was very very different, um, but solid defence. Um, I thought individually, you know, there were one or two uh, very good uh, performances. I'm, I'm still a fan of Al Mobile. I know, it, I know he tired uh, towards the end uh, yesterday. Uh, but I thought Aidan Hrustic was good again. Um, you know, so the defence was solid. Trent Sainsbury didn't put a foot wrong. Uh, Ryan Grant pulled up and down the flank as he normally does. So, look, there's plenty of positives to take without wishing to go overboard because there are still tougher tests to come, most notably when they, they go to Japan on the 12th of October. That will really be the acid test as to you know, how good they are in Asian terms. Simon Hill, of course, from Channel 10, of course, also does the global game. You can hear that on 1170 SEN as well. He's podcast. He's everywhere, actually. He pops up everywhere. He's got his Simon Says T-shirts. He's, he's, got, he's the voice of football. I'm like a bad smell, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the, you talk about the October. So do they just all go back to their club ball now, and 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 the Aussies just come back and train with their club teams? Is that the process? And do they do? When, what's the process in regards to getting in and out of countries now when they're coming from all parts? Well, let's, this is the the big thorny issue. So the all all the players in this squad, bar Ryan Grant, 
uh, play in overseas leagues. They, I think the squad is made up of players who play in 17 different leagues around the world. Yeah. So they, they will scatter to the four corners of the earth. Um, the exception is Grant, who is actually staying. He's flying back to the Middle East, um, where he will stay until the next round of games because he doesn't want to get caught in, in the quarantine situation in Australia. Mm. So Sydney FC have given him special dispensation to remain on international duty, if you like, because we're in the off-season with the A-League, of course, doesn't start until the end of October. Um, so he stays and follows an individual programme in the Middle East. The rest will go back to their club sides. Um, and then it's, it's about whether... Uh, Australia can actually play their next game, which is slated to be against Oman on the 7th of October mm-hmm. at home. Uh, it's whether they can play that game in Australia. Uh, I know they're working very hard behind the scenes with uh, particularly the New South Wales government uh, to try and get uh, exemptions. Uh, obviously, it'll have to probably be in a bubble uh, for both teams, but they, they really want Australia to be able to play at home. We haven't played a home international in, in two years mm. Um, because of COVID. So, you know, they need that home advantage. And then five days after that, then they will travel to Japan. That's okay, because so long as they can get out of the country, um, then, of course, they can disperse after the Japan game to their club. So it's it's a real logistical nightmare. Um, obviously, the game against China was supposed to be in Australia, but that was impossible because of the, uh, the outbreak uh, in Australia. But um, they're hopeful that with you know, the numbers of vaccinations increasing, that things might be relaxed just a little bit so, so they can play at home against the man next month. Looking forward to seeing when the Socceroos are out again. And we're also looking forward to the Matildas. They've got Ireland Thursday uh, later, what, a couple of weeks' time now, September 23, and you'll see that one on 10 yep. as well. So where are they at in their campaign of life? Well, uh, of course, they, they uh, were disappointed to, to come from the Olympics without a medal. They got very, very close. In the end, they finish uh, fourth after losing the semi-final and the third, fourth place playoff. Um, They've got a home World Cup to come, of course, in in two years' time. So uh, really, this game against Ireland, although it's only a friendly, that's the first uh, building block in that process. Uh, Tony Gustafsson, their new coach, uh, has a little bit of work to do, I think, particularly on the defensive side of things. I think they're just just short of a couple of uh, world-class defenders at the moment. So it's no disrespect to the the girls that play there at the moment. But uh, if you're going to challenge the real uh, big guns of, of global football in the women's game, then you've got to have strength and depth in all positions. And I just think that we're lacking just a little bit in that central defensive area in particular. But, uh, you know, maybe Tony's got something up his sleeve. Maybe he's going to uh, uh, blood somebody new in the game against Ireland, which we'll see. Appreciate your time. Always love uh, chatting football with you and uh, great to have you on free-to-wear coverage on 10 and also, of course, your great work here on SEN as well. Thanks for joining us, Simon. Pleasure, Tim. Have a good week. Good on you there. Simon Hill, after last night's 1-0 win, yes, doesn't sound much, but, gee, the points are still the same and they were much needed for the Socceroos as they got through after their win over China last Thursday and they got through a very, very miserly defence of Vietnam. Just once, Ryan Grant putting it in the back of the onion bag. Always talking the world game here on Sporting Goss. 16 past 11. Thanks for your company. 23 degrees. 26 is our top, so we'll get that probably around 1 o'clock, but we are anticipating rain. A lot of rain tomorrow. 
18, 15 mil of rain and a shower or two Friday, game day, Melbourne and Geelong, 19 degrees will be our top. Plenty of breaking news happening around the world of footy and one man across all of these things is Sam Edmund, who is SEN's Chief Sports Reporter, Footy Reporter and big part of the network. He joins us online now with some breaking news in regards to the Sydney Swans and one of their war horses, Luke Parker. G'day, Sam. Good morning to you, Sausage. Thanks for having me. Great to talk to you. You know you've got to turn the weather on, don't you, over there? That's the stipulation of having the big game. <laughs> Melbourne always comes to the party with Mother mm. Nature. So I expect oh, yeah. you to do the same, please. Well, hopefully the rain uh, is gone by uh, lunchtime Friday, but a lot of rain tomorrow. 15 mil, 18 degrees, so it's going to drop basically 10 degrees on what we had yesterday. So we are very much putting it on uh, the four seasons in one day, very Melbourne-like. Uh Sydney Swans, Luke Parker, there was yeah. a lot of push and shove. Um, this took a, a, a positive twist for the Swans today. It did, absolutely. Sydney members this morning, uh, Tim, getting a message, uh, a text, quote-unquote, from Luke Parker saying, check your email inboxes, there's some exciting news in there. When they followed the link, they found that the Sydney Swans champion uh, had signed a new four-year deal this year's best and fairest, of course. So... This is a big uh, development. Now, a four-year deal, that was the uh, tenure that he wanted that he wasn't getting for a long period of time, which uh, was the main source of this standoff. Now, this is just my read on it, Goss, but I think the fact he's got the four years, he can owe a big uh, source of gratitude to Lockie Neal and Brisbane. I think there's an element of Sydney here, not panicking, but just thinking, gee whiz, we can't lose Luke Parker to Brisbane. It might be yeah. looking to fill the gap from Lockie Neal's departure. And these things happen all the time. They they make things happen. There's nothing like the domino effect of things as big as uh, Lockie Neal. So I think this uh, speaks a lot to that. Sydney have uh, thought, well, we've got a salary cap issue up here. A number of players out of contract. We cannot lose this man. So let's just give him a four years. So great news for him. And I'm sure it'll be great news for the club. So contract until the end of 2025 when he will turn 33, a bit like the deal Cam Guthrie just signed down at Geelong. Yeah, good player, Cam Guthrie. Looking forward to seeing him on Friday night for the Caddies against Melbourne. Now, uh, speaking of Melbourne, they are genuinely up to their ears in Adam Chera at the moment. And while Carlton are sleeping at the wheel trying to find a coach, Adam Chera would certainly be entertaining this uh, offer that Melbourne are putting together. Seemingly come from nowhere, the Demon. So it was said to be a one-horse race. That might still be the case, given Carlton tick the two big boxes, don't they, in the sense they've got the, the money, the room in the salary cap, but critically the draft capital, which Melbourne don't have. But nevertheless, they've made a pretty attractive pitch to Adam Chera, I'm told. Now, Adam hasn't nominated a club, a preferred club, as yet. And I think a big reason for that is that the Demons have made a pretty compelling case for the midfielder that would pull the rug out from Carlton, who, as I say, have long been the favourites to snare him. So something has to give here because Melbourne's first pick in the draft doesn't come until the second round, number 33. So you can scoff at that straight off the bat. They're going to have to get aggressive in the trade period to gain a high selection. At the moment, that seems unlikely, but they're bothered to go to the, to the lengths of meeting with Adam Chera, at least remotely anyway, to make their case. So... We watch this space with great interest now. Would they meet with him if they didn't have the means to bring him in? You'd say that's unlikely too. So something's going to have to give. We wait and see what that will be. At the moment, though, all signs point to the Blues for the reasons I've mentioned. But gee whiz, Melbourne, you could imagine him in that midfield. Uh, yes, he would be very handy. And he doesn't have to be a bull either. He can just be the out, at the outside run. He's a beautiful user of the footy. That's his That's his one word. He's a beautiful user of the footy. So looking forward to seeing how that plays. I, I don't see him fitting into Carlton. I, I just don't quite understand that. I reckon they, 
there's a bit of Zach Williams and a bit of uh, Adam Saad well, about all of this. Yeah. Well, it's guaranteed midfield minutes, which is what they've sold him on. You, you come in, you mm. play with Sam Walsh, Patrick Cripps, we value you, we, yeah. we, we see you as being a mainstay of our midfield, whereas you do look at Melbourne, where Brayshaw's been um, shuffled out to a wing, other players have struggled to get in there. So in terms of guaranteed midfield minutes, where he wants to play the game, he certainly get more opportunity or at least a, a greater guarantee of that at, at Carlton than he would at Melbourne. But then again, Melbourne, very stable club, made a really good pitch, really sound coaching structure. At the moment, all the things Carlton are. Mm, Angus Brayshaw is our guest on Friday Focus, Gilly and Goss. He likes WA. He likes WA a lot. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, mm-hmm. uh, yes, and Hamish Brayshaw about to join us as well. Uh, we know the Lockie Neal story is big, and, and hats off to, to Ryan Daniels who broke it on Sunday night. I want to play something to you that was aired on radio on Saturday morning on Community Radio. Have a listen to what Peter Sumick said on Saturday morning. Now, I'll, I'll just throw one at you. I'm hearing a whisper that Lockie Neal's wife's pregnant. She's a WA girl and she wants to come home. So there you go, mm. boys. If that's true and and he's looking to come home, would he go back to Fremantle or would he go to West Coast? So interesting call. His girlfriend's pregnant. She's a WA girl and she wants to come home. That's what I'm hearing. That was Peter Sumich. 36 hours before it broke. Yeah. He never missed in front of goal, my memory of him either, and he hasn't <laughs> missed here. So, uh, it's almost dead idea. That's how I remember him as a player, um, Sausage. So, <laughs> he was all over it. He was all over it, wasn't he? So, look, it, he was. we wait and see, don't we, now? He's had the meeting with uh, Greg Swan, Chris Fagan, Danny Daly. Uh, Can you imagine what that meeting was like, Sammy? Can you imagine what that meeting was like as he's, uh, you know, walking in and they're all sitting in Awkward. there? <laughs> <laughs> awkward, awkward to say the least. And, and and from what we're told, from people who were in the room, he was really indecisive in that catch-up as well. So he was coming and going all in the one conversation. So mm. for some part of it, he was staying. The other part of it, he's saying he might consider going. So he's left that with a big, big decision to make. I think from the Lions' point of view, they think it's inevitable. And um, and now we wait to see what happens from here. And if the trade request does come, the Lions won't hold him to that contract. But Two of the most fierce negotiators in the business, Don Ambrosio and Peter Bell, will lock horns here. And the other thing for the Lions is it's less than ideal is they've probably paid around 70% of that contract as well because it was front-ended. So the Dockers here really looking at getting a Brownlow medalist in the prime of his career on the cheap, potentially, relatively speaking. Now, before we let you go, we appreciate your time. Sammy Edmund, our Chief Sports Reporter, breaking the news. Uh, Luke Parker, four years Sydney. Adam Cheris certainly now has a genuine offer coming from Melbourne, albeit the Carlton probably are still the front runners. Still a bit to play out in regards to Lockie Neal. Sammy, probably not going to chat to you before Friday and Saturday, but you are a very good footy judge, of course. Who wins both games and why? Melbourne Geelong here Friday night and then Port Adelaide hosting the Bullies. Oh, that's such a hard one to pick. You can certainly mount an argument for Geelong, I think. How do you assess this game, given they only played, relatively speaking, five seconds ago, didn't they? Last round of the season, uh, as did the other prelim final. You couldn't have scripted it any better. So, yeah, the Cats up by 44 points. They get run over. Max Gorn after the siren. History says it'll be close. I think they've had four games decided by, what, six points or less over their last seven meetings. A couple of after the siren ones as well. I just think Melbourne are a bit more stable. They've clearly got a better... Um, medical room than uh, the Cats do at the moment. It'll be a fascinating game, though. I think it'll be really tight. I think both of them will be. I've just got a funny feeling about the dogs. I'm, I'm not sure if it's 
memories of 2016 where we all wrote them off. They were banged up. They went to all corners of the country and got it done. I'm not sure. Port Adelaide will be really formidable at home. So I think I'm just going to go the favourites. It's pretty boring, I know, Doss, but mm. I think they're going to be two unbelievably tight and tense games. At least that's what I'm, I'm hoping for. Agreed. Thanks for taking our call, mate. Appreciate it very much. Connie Tim. Sammy Edmund, SEN's Chief Sports Reporter, Footy Reporter. The best in our game, 25 past 11. Hamish Brayshaw will join us after 11.30. Joey has a party, has a, a big book of rides across the road at Belmont. Get your pen and paper ready. One of the form jockeys. He actually won the Coolgardie Cup up at Kalgoorlie on Sunday for Lindsay Smith. He's in form, Joey has a party. He is not too far away from joining us. Simon Garlic spoke on Sports Day on a range of issues. Let's have a listen to Simon Garlic, the CEO of the Fremantle Football Club last night. Basically, uh, Lockie Neal, it's all a bit of a hypothetical situation. Here is the CEO of Fremantle last night on Sports Day WA. Yeah, it's, I think it's really important to note, hey, at this point that no request to trade has been made as yet. Obviously, you know, there's been reports over the last couple of days that that Lockie and his wife are, are currently considering some really important decisions regarding their future. Um, so that's something that they've got to work through themselves. And with that in mind, and with due respect to all the parties, you know, we're loath to make any really detailed comment at this point in relation to that. Clearly, you know, if it were to occur, and it's hypothetical at this stage, then it, it's a really exciting prospect based on the, the player he is and, and what he's you know, what he's achieved so far within the game. But that's what it is at the moment in reality is that hypothetical situation. So that's the hypothetical of it. But does Lockie Neal fit into a club's list profile? Yeah, it's an interesting thought. Again, Hayes, I mean, the reality is you, you, if you pull it apart um, forensically, you know, I think it's it's well regarded that we've got um, some strong coverage in that area of inside mids. Um, you know, but the reality is also a player of that ilk and that quality is clearly something that you'd be pretty enthusiastic to look at closely. Um, I think about some of the, the games that are occurring this weekend when you look at the likes of, you know, Melbourne, um, the Dogs who really topped up in the area of midfield depth over the last 12 months. Um, Port, again, just have numerous players coming through in that area. So, you know, like any, any club, we've got areas that we've got strong coverage in. The back half, we think, you know, injury pending is another area where we're well covered, but... Having depth in midfield has been shown um, to be a bit of a, a premiership trait for clubs in the past, so that's certainly something that we consider closely. Simon Garlic, the CEO of the Fremantle Football Club. He was then asked on Sports Day WA last night, Paul Hazelby and Carl Langdon in the chair, of course. What about uh, giving up too much to get Lockie Neal back in purple? Well, like anything, um, I think, Carl, when you're looking at these types of things, you've got to be really objective about it all, and you know our members expect us to be pretty pragmatic about these sort of things. So um, regardless of who the player is, um, whether it's potentially someone coming in or by the same token with the player departing, we've got to make decisions that are really objective in relation to um, the long term. We're clearly, and I think, you know, been on the record strongly, is been hard at the draft in the last few years in particular and think we've got a core of young talent and um, we want to make sure we set ourselves for a long tilt at being competitive rather than, um, you know, something that might get us there for a few years but then drop off again. And, of course, Adam Chera wouldn't be a conversation with the CEO of the Fremantle Football Club without mentioning Adam Chera's current situation. Uh, we haven't had detailed discussion on, on that for the moment yet, Hayes. Obviously, Chez has um, indicated to us and, and the world of well of 
tuned to the fact that he's indicated that he wants to head back to Victoria. He hasn't nominated a club through himself directly or his management as yet. Obviously, we're hearing reports in relation to a number of different clubs at this point in time. Um, I'll be amazed if a player of Adam's calibre, both from an on-field performance perspective in terms of what he's done so far, but clearly what what he's going to do, which is without much doubt. And I think you throw into that the character he is, uh, which is... You know, an absolute rock solid citizen and someone who adds a lot to the club that there wouldn't be a significant amount of interest. So, still really early in that piece, Hayes, but um, that'll start to heat up, I'd suggest, in the next, you know, two to three weeks in particular. Very, very candid uh, man there in Simon Gallic, the CEO of the Fremantle Football Club. We've got news on the way. It's time for a news break. Thanks to McCafe Coffee. You've got to try their new blend. It's coffee fit for an Aussie. And straight after the news, Hamish Brayshaw will join us, and he has a right of reply. His brother gave him a clip. You'll hear more of that interview on Gillian Goss on Friday. But we spoke to Angus Brayshaw. We pre-recorded a chat with Angus Brayshaw. Have a listen to the repartee between these two on the way after the news. Time to talk WAFL football with the Waffle Eagles captain, and of course, big part of SEN Sporting Goss in Hammer Brayshaw. Hamish, season's over for the West Coast Eagles Waffle team, and... Four wins, 14 losses, the wooden spoon. But dare I say it, a lot of positives. Yeah, uh, well, th- thanks for having me back on, Goss. It, um, yeah, it was. There was there was definitely an up and down year. I mean, we had some really good form, I think, through the middle part of the year. We were uh, we were super competitive for a good, you know, eight to ten weeks, I thought, there. And then uh, I think the first half of our year, um, I'd I mean that that was due to the fact we had a lot of AFL injuries. We were an inexperienced side coming in. We had a lot of young guys coming from the amateur clubs that are, you know, playing their first sort of handful of waffle games. So once that sort of development, I think, um, got into those sort of players and we got a bit of continuity with our AFL list, we started to um, put together some really good, uh, really good games. And I know we only won four, but we were pretty close in a few. We um, we gave Claremont a pretty good shake earlier in the year. We, we, we nearly beat Subiaco twice. So, you know, there was a couple of really good efforts that we put in and four games is only four wins. But, you know, it's a, uh, I think there is a lot of positives to take from the season. One thing you can do in WA within reason, within club guidelines and normal guidelines, is have a bit of a mad Monday. I've seen a few pictures on socials. Looks like the boys celebrated uh, what was, a, you know, as you mentioned, a pretty solid year. Yeah, definitely. We uh, we went to the Broken Hill afterwards, a tremendous establishment owned by the Yo family. So that was, uh, thank you very much for them for having us. But uh, yeah, we all headed out there, <clears throat> dressed up. And then about two o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon, the AFL boys, uh, got the word that yes. they were also allowed out. Yeah, their quarantine had ended the night before, so they were good to go. So <laughs> yeah, you know, that, they, that, uh, they were pretty happy to get to have to sit through the yeah, whole day without so, going uh, anywhere. Yeah, quite, <laughs> yeah, so quite a few of them came and joined us, and it uh, it ended up being a really good day. So um, yeah, it was a uh, a very good wrap up to the season, and then uh, and then unfortunately the AFL boys can continue their celebrations, but we've all got to go back to work. So. It's a, uh, no, definitely a good Sunday and a good celebration. Yeah, yeah, life and times and troubles of a waffle footballer. We've got four te- five teams left. Subiaco have the week off. Spoke to Todd Curley yesterday. Spoke to Bailey Rogers. South Fremantle will host Claremont at Fremantle Community Bank Stadium. The winner goes through to take on Subiaco in the second semi. And it's cutthroat between West Perth and Swans at Provident Financial Oval up there at Joondalup. Let's talk about the South Fremantle-Claremont game. You've played against them. You know them. You played fresh against South Fremantle last week. Looks like they put their cue back in the rack late in the game. Um, what's your vibe going into this one? Uh, yeah, it's that's it's going to be a tough game. I mean, uh, we played Claremont a couple of weeks ago, and they and they whacked us. And I think they 
play a, a brand of footy that can really pile on a score pretty quickly. But uh, I mean, and South showed that early in the first quarter. They they smacked us around early too. So I think it's going to be a real um, a heavy hitting game. I think whoever can bring the most pressure, which I think I'm, uh, I would like to say South Rio can, um, will will come out on top. I can't see this one being a blowout. I think it'll be a very very close game. The last time they played there, it came down to within a kick. Didn't yeah, it? So I would say, all uh, day. It was. I think yeah, two I points think was the biggest good. margin. Yeah, I think it'll be pretty similar. I can't see this one being any any worse than a nail biter. But I'll take South Rio. Okay, Bailey Rogers is an interesting cat. I mean, uh, Jai Bolton says he's probably one of the Sandover favourites. His form in the last five or six weeks has been unbelievable. Hitting the scoreboard, getting averaging mid thirties possessions. He's a big body. He's twenty four. I just see shades of a Prittis or a Barlow in him. Um, is he good enough? Oh, I think so. I mean, he had, what do you have, 37 and 3 against us. And his, his form is, of the last sort of two months has certainly stacked up to that. Um, I'm not sure who will win the Sandover, but he'll certainly go close. He'll storm home late. But, um, yeah, oh, I think he does. I think the way that... AFL's trending and with the mid-season draft and the, mm. the shortened list sizes, I think it's probably leaning itself more towards a mature age recruit. And, you know, for guys like that, if you can leave the development of these players to their state league clubs and, and you know, and although it's, you know, poaching from the good clubs, but you take these guys when they're, you know, 23, 24 and ready to go, I think you get the most out of them without having to worry about that too much development stuff with all the cuts in terms of coaching staff as well. So I think he's certainly got the capability to go on at the next level, and he's certainly dominating at, uh, at the league below. So, you know, fingers crossed for him, see how he goes. Talking all things Waffle with Hamish Brayshaw, as he's been kind enough to give us his time right through the season, the captain of the West Coast Eagles Waffle team, and, of course, connected to the West Coast Eagles Football Club. More on that in a moment. Interesting that uh, South Mantle do get an added bonus going into the finals campaign. They get Matthew Parker back, being given a tick of approval by the commission to return, even though he's been playing in the AFL. Yes, well, uh, I think... West Perth will be looking at that and shaking their head that Connor West doesn't get the ticket of approval, yeah. I don't think. But um, no, very, very, uh, that's a massive inclusion. He, the last time he was playing was against us, I think, and absolutely tore us in half. So he's a phenomenal player, I think. Um, anyone will be able to tell that he'll make a massive inclusion coming back to South Rio. And that's, uh, yeah, it's, I'm very excited to see what he can do over the finals because he's been playing some reasonable AFL footy, although Richmond haven't been setting the world on fire. He's been, you know, playing his role and playing well and uh, and coming back to this level, I'll be excited to see what he can do. Yeah, not out of place, no doubt. West Perth take on Swan Districts. It's cutthroat. Um, West Perth, uh, two games ahead of Swans in the end. But, of course, those uh, teams were a couple of games clear of the fast-finishing East Fremantle. It's going to be tough for Swans. West Perth at their best with a key forward up forward like the Bernie Nadal and medalist in Tyler Keitel. They're going to be very hard to beat. Yeah, oh, I think so. I mean... Both teams have got a reasonably good midfield. They've got good depth and they, and they rack up a lot of the footy. But I think the way that West Perth play at that ground, they use the whole ground. They really, really work it up and then get really good isolation down forward. And, and Cartel gets on the end of quite a few there. So I can see Swans putting up a fight. But um, I, I do think West Perth will just be a bit too good and run over the top of them. South Fremantle and West Perth for Hamish Brayshaw. All right, just to, just touch on the, some news coming out of West Coast. And uh, Brennan Archie, of course, uh, Nathan Vardy's retiring, going back to Melbourne uh, for future job opportunities. And Mark Hutchings, a premiership player. Um, always a tough time at footy clubs when blokes get delisted or not offered a contract or uh, or retire. So tough time for, for those guys. But they've been great servants of the football club over a long period of time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've been two of them premiership players. Archie's been in the system for you know nearly 10 years or even a bit more than that. So they've been soldiers of the game, I think the way that they've gone about their footy. Uh, I've seen personally, I mean, 
they've been I've played a lot of waffle football with them and um and have got you know grown really good relationships with the three of them. So they're and the, the, the lessons that they teach and the way that they go about when they do come back to that second level um, or state league level is, is second to none. They mean they don't whinge, they don't moan, they come back and they just try and play well and then help the blokes around them play well. So it's a credit to them the way they go about that. And um, you know I'm sure they're going under greener and better pastures. So congratulations on a, you know three great careers and, and hope a few of them aren't over if yeah. opportunities arise elsewhere. But um, you know, really well done on their careers at West Coast. Mark Hutchings, uh, Brendan Archie, the Chi, and also Nathan Vardy. So we wish them well. Now, uh, we spoke, Gillian Goss spoke to one Angus, <laughs> Bra- one Angus Brayshaw uh, for Friday yeah. Focus. Uh, we pre-recorded to be aired on Friday. People want to hear this. It's out of 7 o'clock. Angus Brayshaw. Brother of yours truly, Hammer Brayshaw. Now we did yep. we did have to do some research, and you, being a good Snoop Dogg as you are, of course, provided us with some yep. nice little material. One was a, a bit of a clip in regards to golf. Uh, yep, this is how it played out. Have a listen. There's a, a text that's come in and only going by HB. This bloke thinks he's the best golfer in the family but never plays out of, away from his home course. I'm probably the king of the golfing fraternity on this side of the family tree and uh, HB can, uh, you know, good on him for messaging in. Thanks very much for giving me the opportunity to answer the question. Thanks, mate. You're a legend. Good on you. Thanks for Cheers, taking time right, out. Boys. Yeah, good chat. Yeah, All that right. was good. In- that was good. Tell Hamish to f*** We'll pass that on. We can have a four ball, and uh, you two can watch. We can watch. Story. We can watch. We we, we will. Hey, we'll we'll arrange yeah. that. That'll be good. <laughs> Join the dots. Tremendous value there, Goss. Well done. Yeah, no, very good. He was up and about. He was fantastic. We finally yeah, found we, a brace um... that can actually string a couple of words together. <laughs> yeah. Well, not too hard. I think we can all talk underwater. Oh, but, uh, very cool. No, they're uh, they're in. He's going well. I think us, the uh, Melbourne Sport Club, are ready, hot and ready to go. I think they are. They are. Um, and you're obviously going to be looking forward to. He gets out. I think uh, Friday. So uh, fingers crossed that he's here for a reason. He did say to us, he's quite gladly going to remain in Perth for some time. There's no need to get back to Melbourne. Yeah. So you're going to get some no, uh, some lovely brother time, which is going to be fantastic for you and Andrew and all the rest of the yeah, family as well. Yeah, it will be. No, I'm looking forward to it. Good on you, mate. Well, we will hit that golf course. We will hit that golf course. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, not, no, I'm not very good. Up, uh, I'm not very good, but uh, Gilchrist is a bizarre golfer. Cricketer, left-handed, plays golf right-handed. Yep. Yeah, that's strange. There's a few of those out there. I think Garfield Sobers played uh, both sides as <laughs> his body, so there's a few of them out there. Hey, good but chat. No, looking forward to it. Good chat. Hey, thank you. you. Uh, can so we much. chat next week? We'd like to do it again next yep, week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good on you, mate. Yep, sure. Hamish Brayshaw joining us on Sporting Goss. Quarter to 12. Joey has a party, of course, is about to join us. Of course, he's got a good book of rides today. I like one of his rides today at Belmont Park. But before we get to Joey, Brad Scott, uh, of course, uh, should I say, Chris Scott has spoken, the coach of, yes, well, you uh, threw me by playing him far too early. Uh, But anyway, uh, those in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Cat's man. Uh, here is Chris Scott. He spoke a short time ago to the assembled media ahead of Friday night's clash. Brandon Parfitt's going to be an out. Um, have you decided on uh, who's going to replace him? Yeah, we have, uh, Dan, but we're not going to make it public until we release the team. Can you give us any, any hints? Uh, no, no, you guys are good enough to work out who the candidates are. Um, we've got our whole list over here, but, um, we, yeah, we don't have... Uh, anyone coming back from injury, I don't think, as we did last week with uh, with Tui. So, yeah, it would be from 
the squad from the last couple of weeks. So how do you assess your form, Chris? Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Um, not perfect. Our last month of the home and away season wasn't quite as good as we would have liked. and um, But within games, there were really good patches there. So that, that was the challenge for us. It wasn't as if we just hadn't seen our best footy. We just hadn't seen it um, consistently um, through our games. And you know, we've got an understanding that if you if you can't bring that in games like prelim finals against high-quality opponents, you're going to be in trouble. Um, so we thought to some extent we found that a bit last week. Um, but the challenges just get greater from here. But, yeah, we think we're capable. Can you limit Clayton Oliver's influence without upsetting your own um, sort of structure in the midfield too much, Chris? Yeah, you can, um, but it's it's a question for both sides. So how much are you prepared to give to try to stop uh, the best opposition midfielders? Uh, and and there, there is a really clear line there for us where um, trying to stop them becomes an overall negative for the way that our team wants to play. So I suspect there'll be a little bit of both teams trying to get the game on their terms and be proactive with their midfielders, um, you know, with a couple of contingencies if that's not working. But, yeah, I, I, I think it's folly to go in thinking that, you know, Petrarca and Viney and um, Oliver and those guys need to have really low possession games for us to win. I, I, I don't agree with that notion. Did you like it enough of what you, you saw from Asad Radigalia's role on the weekend to uh, commit to him again for, for this week? I think it's likely, Mitch. I mean, I think I've said to you um, quite a few times um, that uh, I, I'm a real believer in what Asaba can be. Um, and more than that, I'm a believer in, in, in what he is right now. Um, he's been a little bit limited at times um, throughout the year. We, we haven't, we, we'd probably prefer him to prefer to play him as a forward um, second ruck, not the other way around. Um, and, you know, I think that part of our game... Yeah, right across the road from our studios here at SEN at Optus Stadium is Belmont Park, a late start for a seven-race program today. And uh, one young jockey who's on it, Christopher Wave, after winning the Coolgardy Cup in Kalgoorlie on the weekend is Joey Azapati. He's taken our call to have a quick scan of his uh, best of his rides today and going forward for the next couple of days. Joey, appreciate your time, mate. You're looking forward to the uh, meeting today. A beautiful day for racing, 24 degrees. It's perfect. Good morning, mate. Uh, yeah, look, uh, the weather's turned around the last couple of weeks, which is nice. And uh, like you said, beautiful day. And hopefully a winner or two uh, will be, be, be great. All righty. So when you look down at your rides today and you've got half a dozen in the seven race program, do you think you can have a winner? Is there a winner amongst them? Without giving it away just yet, but do you feel confident for our listeners who are tuning in to uh, SENWA Sporting Goss that uh, Joey Azapati will be saluting at some stage today? Yeah, look, I haven't got the best um, best book of rides today, but there's definitely a few chances there and um, maybe a little bit of value. So, um, yeah, look, I think there's a couple there that will definitely finish in the money. All right, Joey. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut straight to the chase. I've done some homework on Joey as a party's rides today, and I, and I have a sneaking suspicion, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going down to race six and the horse by the name of Superlove. You rode it last start, August 18, it finished third. The horse that finished fourth, Marlini, has since been placed in town. The horse that finished second, Starlift, has gone to Northam and won. And Smashing, who won that race on August 18, is an odds-on favourite in the last race today. Drawn badly, drop in weight, slightly back up in class, so they complement each other. With a bit of luck from a wide gate, I have a sneaking suspicion, Super Love, $26 each way, is very much value for Joey as a party today. 
Yeah, look, you're spot on. Um, look, she's been crying out for a dry track too, um, which she gets today. And uh, right down in the weight, like you said, we're going to need a little bit of luck from the draw. Um, we've drawn a bit sticky, but I think um, I'll probably be able to slide across with military beat, uh, Parnum's runner. And if I end up outside the leader, I think she'll be there for a long way. All righty. So there's our, well, I've, I've, I've driven you into a corner then. I just think that's one of the, the wonderful value uh, there. What about uh, some of your other rides? You've got a, a lot of rides today for the Piers uh, clan, who their stable is going along very nicely at the moment. Yeah, they're going great. Um, they've got a got nice group of horses in work at the moment and they're just starting to hit a bit of form going into the spring. So, um, look, we've got another one for them in real safe in race two. Um, look, she's having her first start today. Um, she's still figuring it out, but um, she's going to get a nice one from the Joshua Sean Barrier too. Um, and look, I think it's not a bad little race, but I think um, with the right run, she's going to finish in the money somewhere too. Also, uh, a bit of value there. Yeah, real safe. Certainly uh, $26 each way. We're chatting with Joey as a party of head of the meeting today at Belmont Park. Trademaster is another one. I know you've been on this uh, horse for some time, of course, in its previous campaign. And, and also it's for Ted Martinovich. And again, a horse that uh, I think will appreciate this track and distance. Uh, I think it's been placed, including a win six times at this track and distance. Yeah, he's a bit of a quirky horse. Um, look, he needs everything to go his way. So he's drawn barrier eight, which isn't ideal. Um, look, he's, he needs all the favours. So if I can get a good good run from that draw, he'll be thereabouts. But um, look, he, he, he might have to be better off waiting another week with him, I think. I'm just a bit concerned about the draw and the way he races because he can um, over-race at times and then he brings himself undone. All righty, and I'll take you to the last race for what it's worth. We know that smashing is an odds-on favourite, Chris Parnham, the Parnham Stable, going along nicely. On a horse called He's Almighty for the almighty Durant Stable. Now, you didn't ride this horse last start when it ran second at Kalgoorlie, but you have ridden it before that, and if Captain Chaos was in this race, Captain Chaos would be a long odds-on favourite, and you were only four lengths behind Captain Chaos uh, at, uh, at Belmont two starts ago. Yeah, two starts ago, um, I actually rode him a little bit too close, I think. I think he's a better horse, ridden quiet, and that's what I'll be doing today. Like you said, smashing looks hard to beat, but uh, this horse can really hit the line on his day. So if I ride him quiet and he's, and he's on his mark, I think he'll be hitting the line strong, so he'll be right there too. All right, some value there for Joey as a party. Joey, yeah, just take you back to the Kalgoorlie on the weekend. What a wonderful uh, wonderful ride on uh, for, for Lindsay Smith to win the Coolgardie Cup. Went to the front, stacked them up, took off. Uh, the favourite got left uh, languishing and uh, you got away. It was a, a beautiful ride and obviously it meant a lot to you, the, that ra- that race and that result. Yeah, thanks a lot, mate. Yeah, I really like um, heading up to Kalgoorlie this time of year over the round and I've had a bit of luck up there in the past and it's great to um, uh, get one for Lindsay. He's a great supporter of mine and, and um, all these connections. So, uh, yeah, it was special and hopefully you could do it again in a fortnight in the Boulder Cup. Enjoy the sunshine today, mate, out there at Belmont. Got a good feeling about today. I reckon there might be some value in the Joe Hours as a party mounts, mate. So thanks for sharing it with our listeners this morning. No worries. Appreciate it, mate. Cheers. Good on you. There's Joey as a party taking our call. So he's got some value, some genuine value. I think 26, 20. Oh, I know. Okay. Hey, hey, you can sort the wheat from the chaff. Thanks to Joey as a party. He is a very good jockey indeed, and we appreciate him taking our call today. So there it is there. I'll just uh, I'll just run you through those mounts for us just very, very quickly. In race one on the program, he's on Ripon Falls. Uh, he didn't mention that, but I'm not convinced it's going to be one that will be figuring in the finish. He doesn't have a ride in race two. Then he starts to get a little bit busy. Real safe, he said, I like it to be in the money. Currently, $26. A little each way there. Always gamble responsibly. In race... 
four. I like Trade Master. He's not so bullish, but $26 might be worth a little bit of an each-way ticket there. Joe has a party on Sun Chasen. We didn't really mention Sun Chasen. $5.50 currently. He has ridden his horse. It goes well on wet tracks. It probably would be suited today as well. Race six on the program is the one I like, number 11, Super Love, and he comes home in race seven on the program with his almighty. Good luck. Follow Joe as a party today. It's 25 degrees. It's six away from 12. Welcome back. A couple of minutes away from the top of the hour. Don't forget, 26 degrees. We're almost there. It's 25. Blue skies everywhere, but rain is on the way. We may get a few showers this afternoon. A reminder, get your washing in. I know. It comes out of the sky. And don't forget, do all your lawn mowing. I've got to do my verge because they come and collect my throw out. They finally, I know, I know. I got home yesterday. Finally, four weeks has been sitting out there. Woo-hoo! I know, it's been like the Bronx. Anyway, uh, 18 degrees tomorrow and a lot of rain. Wow. Don't fill up your pool because that's going to happen tomorrow. And 19 degrees on Friday. Thanks, Chris. You were really good today. Slow start, but you came good. Alex, mm, a bit premature on the buttons every now and then, but apart Do from not that. speak to me like that. <laughs> Razor Ray did not get a game. No, Razor A got punted. Have a good day. Gamble responsibly. See you tomorrow from 10. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.